Welcome into the Who Day Talk podcast. Today we are going to answer your questions and talk about Bengals Ravens Week Two. So let's start with the Bengals Ravens game. Bengals win in prime time. Jay, what did you see that you liked? Uh, I saw a lot out of Andy Dalton I've never seen before. Uh, I mean, he looked like a different guy. He didn't. He didn't crap under pressure. I mean, it's something that really. It really looks good for us if we make a playoff run. I mean, he can if he keeps playing like this in prime time, we can rely on him, and that's something we haven't had from him in the past. Yeah, I agree there. And something that I think really helps his performance is the offensive line gave up zero sacks, which, like, I know there were some pressures given up, but I think with the Ravens' promising pass rush that they have in our very young offensive line, I was pretty impressed with that. I was impressed by it, but I think we should pump the brakes on the Ravens' pass rush. Uh, I think they're a little bit overrated. Yeah, they have uh, Suggs, and he's a great player, but they're they're a little old at that position, in my opinion. They do have uh, some good interior defenders, but pass rushing-wise, I don't know if they're all that great. And we also have to remember that C.J. Mosley did go out early in the game, so that took a lot of uh, pressure off of our offensive line and off of our uh, – offense in general about having to worry about a guy like Mosley. So I think that helped that helped out the offensive line a little bit. But I still don't think Bobby Hart played very well. I don't think Redmond played the best, but he did have a better game than week one. Uh, but overall, it was a good game. I think the only real issue I had with uh, the offense other than mixing getting hurt was they kind of they kind of pumped the brakes once they were up by three touchdowns. Yeah, it was something, something I, I was about to get to. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why they did that. They should have just kept flooring it. But I mean, that's okay. We ended up with the win. But next time, they need that's something they need to improve on. Yeah, against a team like the Steelers, like we saw last year, where like we won't have another primetime game. But we've there's been a lot of instances in the past couple of years where we have a decently big lead, then we pump the brakes on offense, and next thing you know, it just doesn't look good. Yeah, another thing to think about is uh, they ran our offense mostly through the inside. They didn't throw that many boundary passes. Uh, I mean, they've locked up A.J. Green pretty well on the outside. and All three of his touchdowns came from the slot. Uh, Boyd had a few nice catches from the slot. Um, so that's one thing to look at. And I think that they did that. They schemed it that way just because they have two very good outside corners. They have two very good safeties. So I think they wanted to... They wanted to get the linebackers having to cover us, make the linebackers beat us, and I think they did that well. Yeah, and that's like, just speaking of Tyler Boyd, when you look at his touchdown, they had a linebacker one-on-one, and like how Tyler Boyd did, that should be one of the wide receiver wins every time. So I was very happy with Bill Lazor's play calling when we weren't on conservative mode. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, Bill Lazor, he's improved on that immensely. I mean... He's obviously the better play caller between him and Austin, and that's when we move to the defensive side of the ball. I think that's something we should talk about uh, Austin's defensive play calling because he's not the he's not where he needs to be right now. Yeah, you know, since we you just brought it, let's speak of it. He there's a lot of stuff that, that Austin done that to like, but like his, his play calling, she's been very questioned questionable. Yeah, I mean, he calls soft coverage on plays where they're on the goal line. I mean, he's the one thing I do like is how well he's using the Tampa 2. He's been using the Tampa 2 pretty pretty often, and I like that a lot just because it allows us to kind of fight against that tight end 
position that's been haunting our defense for so many years. Um, so I think that was good. Hardy Nickerson, he played very well. My middle linebacker, he looked like a future above-average starter. Not going to say pro bowler, but he looked very good, and he he proved himself that he's not going to get cut when he first comes back. I don't see any way he can get cut. Uh, he played great. I don't see. He's a very good player. And I think he's going to be the fu- he might be the future of the linebacker position. Yeah. Um, Speaking of linebacker, I thought Vigil Nevins did not play well at all. They were getting on those checkdown passes. They first allowed it, then they would miss the tackle. It seemed like. Yeah, Evans is one of those guys. He's completely different in the preseason. In the preseason, he's lighting it up and he's doing great against that lower level competition. But I mean, coming from the Big Twelve. That's something you kind of have to expect. I mean, Big Twelve defenses or Big Twelve defenses are known to be kind of Weak. kind of shoddy. So I mean, yes, he was a, he had he profiled well to the NFL. He had good trades, but I mean, he's not done yet. He still has time oh, to grow. Yeah. I mean, it's his second season. Yeah, so. a lot he's of a, he's a good player. Season. And Nick Vigil, he's just very inconsistent in my eyes. Like last week against the Colts, I thought he did great. Now this week, he just looked lost or something yeah i don't know what was up with him this week i think a lot of it had to do with the uh i mean the bill or not the bills sorry the colts don't have as prominent of a tight end game i mean they have jack doyle who's better than any of the ravens tight ends but behind jack doyle they really didn't have that much other than eric ebron but with the ravens they had those three tight ends that all got involved and i think that might have messed with the linebackers a little bit because uh, they weren't really sure what what they were going to do when they saw different tight ends in there but um, other than that, I think the Bengals played very well. William Jackson didn't have his best game, but again, I don't think he played well. But Two catches, thirteen yards. I, I think I saw. Yeah, I blame I blame most of the defensive backs' faults on Terrell Austin. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's gonna it's gonna take him a while to get used to the staff or to this these players, but I mean it'll end up working out hopefully one thing Uh, that will give Austin I feel like he covers up the Bengals weaknesses better than Guckner did yeah I'll give them I'll give him that but he doesn't utilize our strengths as well as we need to he needs to he he like we said earlier he goes into soft coverage too much and with a guy like William Jackson and with a guy like Dark Wiesenard you can you can afford to put them in on an island you can afford to give them straight up man or press I mean we Especially have the with the Ravens go, receivers. Man, not all the way, obviously, but what? Uh, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you, but especially with the Ravens receivers, like with William Jackson, none, Willie Sneed, John Brown, Michael Crabtree should be exactly. able to end him. Like Kirkpatrick, I get, but William Jackson, he's going to be fine. Exactly, exactly. Um, I think we covered the Bengals game pretty well. Do you want to move on to the Steelers and Browns game? Yeah, I say we talk about the Steelers Chiefs game first because that was a really fun game to watch. Okay. Yeah, I mean that was a decent game. Uh, I did like it. Um, Mahomes played very, very, very well. Yes, he did. He lit it up. I think it was six touchdown passes, right? Yep, six touchdown passes. I think three hundred yards, more than three hundred yards, and. Like, I know the Steelers' defense secondary isn't that good, but still, being able to travel to Heinz Field and doing that, Steelers are a tough crowd, so I thought Mahomes lit it up, like you just said. I think the scarier part is he used everyone. It's not like he just picked on two or, three, or one or two guys. I mean, Sammy Watkins got in there. Chris Conley got in there. 
uh, Travis Kelsey, Kareem Hunt. I'm not sure how Tyreek Hill did. Uh, I know he had a touchdown. I think they shut him down. Yeah, like a 30-yard touchdown. Chiefs uh, offense touchdown. is so scary. Like, must, yeah, I was gonna say that must have been a late one because I know through like the second or third quarter, Tyreek Hill hadn't been. Uh, he hasn't had a catch yet, but I mean, like I said, they I think it was five different guys caught a touchdown. Right? It was Hunt, Conley, Watkins, Kelsey, Kelsey, and Hill. And Hill. So yeah, five. That's scary. That's a scary offense. Yeah. Like, um, their defense obviously needs some work, but. I mean, with a with an offense like that, you can't go wrong. Yeah, Chiefs might have the best offense if Mahomes can keep playing at his level. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be sustainable. I mean, I mean, we're seeing it with Deshaun Watson right now. Deshaun Watson, he was pretty much on the pace that Mahomes is on right now, except he could run. But now we see him kind of slowing down a little bit. So I don't expect Mahomes to throw 50 touchdown passes this year. But, I mean, I, he's going to be a good player. Just like I don't expect uh, this magic to keep going on what he's doing. Oh, but. no. When James – I wouldn't be surprised James comes back. They keep Fitzpatrick in the first game. Winston gets back and he throws six interceptions. That's how Fitzpatrick works. Yeah, I don't think they're going to take him out until he, until he shows that he doesn't deserve the job. I mean, if what he's been doing, you you can't just take a guy out like mm-hmm. that, especially when your team is starting off 2-0 you know, and you're projected to be one of the worst teams in the It just doesn't make sense. Um, but – yeah, I mean, other than that, is there anything else you want to talk about? Any other games or? Uh, maybe the Browns real quick. I don't know if the Browns are just improved that much, or if the Steelers didn't look good last week. Their defense this week, as we just said, looked really bad against the Chiefs, and the Saints haven't looked good this year. Yeah, the Saints haven't looked good this year. I think a lot of that is they're missing Mark Ingram. Uh, their offense isn't clicking as much as they used to. Last week they obviously clicked, but. Week two, they kind of slowed down a little bit, and I think that I think you can see Sean Payton trying to limit Kamara's usage just because he doesn't want to overuse him, and I think I think that's smart. I mean, they week one they used him a lot. Week two, he probably tried to dial back a little bit, and they still got the W. So I think Sean Payton was smart on that, but at the same time, I think eventually you got to work him in to be able to take not a complete back like not like a Z guy, but like yeah. a little bit less than that. Maybe like a Mark Ingram, more of a Mark Ingram than an Alvin Kamara role. Yeah. Uh, but like kind of blended, I guess. Not like, I mean, you don't want, you, have, you don't want to switch their roles, obviously, but give Alvin Kamara a little bit more of Mark Ingram's touches when he comes back. But I think that's what they're missing the most out of their offense, and that's when Mark Ingram comes back, that's going to that's gonna improve a lot. Um, Their defense is atrocious, so... I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah, something to look forward in the upcoming week. So I think we covered what we want to week two-wise. So I say let's cover our listeners' questions. Right. Sounds good. All right, so a lot of you uh, asked about Giovanni Bernard with Joe Mixon's injury. So how about we start us off? How do you think Giovanni Bernard is going to perform the next two weeks? Okay, so I think – I saw something on Twitter. I think Kat Terrell tweeted it out. She said she expects Chalk Carson to take over what Joe Mixon has been doing. And at first I thought there's no way. They trust Gio Bernard too much. But looking back, I mean, I can I, – Gio Bernard's obviously going to see more touches than he has been in the past few weeks. But I do think Chalk Carson is going to end up having a bigger role. Chalk Carson or Mark Walton. I tend to think it's going to be Chalk Carson just because he's a veteran, more of a, more of a veteran than Walton. Um. But I mean, it could it could be either. I think it's gonna be more of a it's 
not going to be a one a one guy show. It's going to be more either Walton and uh, Gia or Chalk Carson and Gia. Uh, I'm not sure who it's going to be. I think stylistically, Mark Walton would make more sense just because he's more of that zone running back that Joe Mixon is. But I think based off of what they've seen so far, Chuck Carson would make more sense just because he's produced more in the preseason. Yeah, I'll agree there. And I will say the offense is obviously going to take a step back. Like, as we saw Thursday night when Mixon went out, when Bernard was in, there was a bit of a drop-off. Now, part of that was a conservative offense, but Mixon could have done more. I think I... I want to say more. Most of that is going to be the, on the offensive line in there because there's going to be an adjustment period when he switched stylistically from one kind of back to another because Giovanni Bernard's a little more up and down than Joe Mixon is. So I think we're going to see the offensive line start to adjust a little bit behind when Gia's behind them. Uh, it's not going to happen right away. I think the first two quarters, it's going to be ugly. But I think around the third or fourth quarter, if we're ahead, I think they're going to start, they're going to start getting it down a little more, whether it's uh, – Giovanni Bernard, Chuck Carson, Mark Walton behind the line. And now, I think, correct me if I'm wrong here, but from what I've seen, the Panthers don't have that good of a secondary, so I feel like we don't have to be no. too reliant on the run game. No, we won't, but if we're ahead, they're, they don't want to pass the ball too much, so yeah. that's when we're going to see it. I, I tend to think uh, next week they're going to give Andy 35-40 passes, until unless they get ahead, obviously, but it's a close game. Yeah, I expect to see Dalton throw 40 passes. Yeah, I absolutely agree there. So Yeah, because that's the one thing about the Bengals. They don't like using Giovanni Bernard in a huge role. I mean, they drafted him second round. Before the before his sophomore season, he was touted as the top five back in the NFL. Uh, well, no, before the draft, sorry. Before the draft of his sophomore season, he was touted as the top five back in the NFL, and they went and drafted Jeremy Hill in the second round. So... I mean, they have something against using him a lot. That's okay, but we'll see. Oh, uh, and yeah, what was that? What were some other questions we received? All right. The first one we got was actually about Marvin Lewis. Will the Bengals re-sign Marvin Lewis after next season? Uh, to answer your question there, um, there's just so much that depends. And I think if I the way Marvin was talking, he kind of wants to mentor his successor, so... I think if either Austin or Laser stays for the next couple years, he potentially gives him the throne, but I honestly don't know. There's so much that rides on that. Yeah, I tend to think – I'm on the side of Marvin Lewis is going to be the coach until Mike Brown dies. I mean, <laughs> yeah. if he wants to be the coach, he's going to be the coach. It's just – that's how it's going to be. Um, but I almost rather have Marvin Lewis stay – and Terrell Austin take the wings. And you, I'm going to get a lot of hate for saying that, but I don't think Terrell Austin is all that different from Marvin Lewis. I think they remind me so much of each other. And if they hire Terrell Austin as the next head coach, I don't want to have Marvin Lewis 2.0 for the next 15, 20 years. I, I would rather Marvin Lewis stay for an extra two or three, Terrell Austin get hired by someone else, and then we bring someone in, preferably an offensive coach. But, I mean... I could, I want I'd be fine with a good defensive coach. I just think they're in they're they're scarcity right now. It's more of the offensive powerhouse college guys coming in the NFL or guys like John DeFilippo or uh, Frank Reich or guys like that that would impact the NFL a little more in the eyes of the ownership. Yeah, and 
again, there's just so much that depends, and we really can't say right now. That's just going to be something we probably won't have an idea till week 12 of next year. Who knows? Well, I, <laughs> I mean, he's on a two-year contract, so I think if he finishes above 500 this year, he's and next, next year, year, as long as he doesn't lose 12 games, if he wants a job, it's going to be his. Yeah. So that's, that's what I tend to think. Um, other than that, yeah, you don't really know for sure, obviously, but it's all speculation right now. Uh, but, yeah, what, do you, what, what are some other questions you received? Uh, this one is, when will we have a Super Bowl? And that's kind of something that we won't know this. Uh, never. Probably, under, never under Marvin Lewis. Yeah, it, it'll be a while. I mean, this, I wouldn't. This team, this sorry, God. Uh, I was saying that this team isn't Super Bowl ready, and even if we do get into the playoffs, I just feel like we don't have the experience or coaching this year, and we'll never have the coaching, at least with under Marvin, to make it to the Super under Bowl. Under Mike Brown. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I could see the scary thing is, even when Marvin retires as a head coach, he might end up being the GM. <laughs> that would be so bad. I, I get, I get chills thinking about it. That'd be horrible. But yeah, uh, what's another question you got? Uh, were you glad that AJ Green finally got the game he deserved? Now I'm glad he got three touchdowns. Obviously, he didn't pile up the yards, but I'm glad he kind of had that game where the NFL is like, oh hey, look at AJ Green. Little recognition yeah. never hurts. I'm glad about that, but at the same time, I mean, he played good. Yes, he played. He played good for AJ Green. He it it wasn't one of his top ten games, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had three touchdowns. Yeah, but I mean, they're all pretty. They're all two of the three are pretty dinky. I mean, it was they're pretty easy to catch. I mean, for AJ Green at least. Yeah. I mean, I know that's kind of arbitrary, but I feel like it just makes. He had, like, what, 42 yards, right? Uh, he had 69 yards. 69, nice. Um, <laughs> but I don't I don't see it as being that great of a game. But I don't know. That's just my thoughts. Uh, what else did we get? Uh, what are some of the things that you like and dislike about Coach Laser and Coach Pollock? Uh, something I like about Laser, which we've kind of already brought up, was A.J. Green in the slot. That just opens up. The offense, he gets Green more opportunity in space, and as we said, he got all three of his touchdowns in the slot. So I like that Lasers moving Green around. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't think that's a Laser esque thing. I mean, they've always played AJ Green in the slot, but since his rookie year, they always moved him around. Um, but I do like that Laser uses him in the slot more in the red zone, and I think that's something new that they haven't done in the past, and that's why. His touchdown numbers haven't been as high as you would like them to be in previous years. That's something I like about Bill Lazor, as well as his play calling. And one other thing I like about Lazor is his scheming around the uh, the right side of the offensive line and how they're kind of an issue. Uh, I think he's doing a good job of calling the quick pass plays out of the shotgun or uh, the runs left or screen passes to the right, whatever. I mean, he's doing a good job of getting – getting the crap out of the way, not letting the right tackle and the right guard dictate uh, how our offense is. And with Coach Pollock, I like that he's not Paul Alexander. 
I like that too. Uh, I I also like how he keeps Cedric Ogbuhi inactive every week. I like that a lot too. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, but other than uh, yeah, I mean we haven't really seen enough to say too much about Pollock, uh, like about the offensive line and specifically, but I mean benching Ogbuhi isn't a bad start. So yeah. Okay, so next question, a question that I actually really like, is what position would we need to upgrade in order for us to reach a Super Bowl in three to four years? I might get a lot of hate for saying this, but if we want to win a Super Bowl, then Andy's not our quarterback. We would need to find a new quarterback. I Quarterback is a good answer, yes. Um, ideally, you'd like to have one of your gunslinger guys, like Patrick Mahomes, a guy who can throw it deep, or like Carson Wentz, or... Aaron Rodgers, obviously, but I don't think that's as necessary. I mean, we're seeing quarterbacks like Nick Foles, and uh, I'm the names are escaping me right now. But we we see like not that great quarterbacks win the Super Bowl. I mean, it's not uncommon for it to happen if they have the right supporting cast. So when I when you asked that question, I I first thing that came to my mind was uh, right tackle and linebacker, um, a good offensive line. I mean, you don't see very rarely do you see a Super Bowl team with a bad offensive line. They normally rank in the top five. Uh, I think that yeah, Super Bowl teams have good running games. Can't have a good running game without a good offensive line. So that's something that I would like an upgrade in. Uh, linebacker, you just you, ha- you have to have speed at linebacker, and that's not as necessary as an offensive line, a good offensive line. But it definitely helps. And the, I mean, the Falcons they have uh, some speedy linebackers, and that helped them a lot. Um, the Panthers, they had some good linebackers when they went on their Super Bowl, Super Bowl run. Uh, yeah, so that's something I think that those two positions, I think that would be, if we're not one quarterback, those two positions would be good to upgrade. Yeah, and linebackers are my next choice because it's just something that has been a weakness for the Bengals for a while now. Yeah, time to make it a strength. Yeah, okay. Next question, kind of a funny one. Will Drake Patrick ever catch an interception? No. <laughs> no. Honestly, something I will. I feel like he's been getting a little too much hate. He's been targeting 19 times, eight catches I think I saw. He honestly hasn't been doing bad, but he's just going to have those occasional really stupid mistakes that makes him look awful. I mean, he's dropped three interceptions already. I and mean, he's at his goal is like, he was either six or eight interceptions on the season. And... I mean, if you could actually, if he didn't have stone hands, he might reach that. I mean, yeah, who knows? But, he's getting good position. Yeah, he's getting good. He's getting in position to make the plays, and that's that's the most important part. And if it ends up being a pass batted down, I mean, it, it is what it is. I'd rather have that than a completion. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of his but, dropped interceptions literally was right in his arms. There's. I think that. two or three. I think two of them are right in his arms, and I, one of them he was like, it was pretty much like it was catchable. It wasn't like some unearthly one-handed catch he had to make. It was he could have gotten it with two hands. Yeah. I, they were all very catchable. Yeah, I'm talking about the one Ravens night where John Brown, I think, the receiver was tripped and Kurt Patrick was just running by himself. Then, so, like when he was running backwards towards the end zone, something like that. I need, need to rewatch the play, but it was something that anybody should have caught. I think that was his least catchable one, and he, that was right in his hands too. The other, there's the two in week one. They were very. I mean. One of them hit him right, like, right in front of his right. face. But, yeah. Uh, do we have any other questions, or was that uh, the last one? We have one more. Kind of an interesting question. Does Marvin Lewis really deserve all the hate? That's an yes. interesting question. 
But I'm going to have to say yes because you can argue he brought Cincy back to relevance. And yes, I will absolutely give him credit for that. But at the same time, he hasn't won a freaking playoff game in 15 years. Make whatever excuse you want, but that's inexcusable. Yeah, he's one of those guys that he likes uh, He likes playing with our emotions. He he drags the team down, and then he like brings us back up right to the right to the tipping point of where, okay, maybe he's good enough, maybe he's good enough, and then he rides out for just long enough where you think, okay, maybe he's our he's a good coach, and then he just sucks, and then he he tears us down, and he plays with our emotions, and I can't take it anymore. Yeah, just end it. I mean, it was I saw the definition of insanity. Trying the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Right. I mean, I will say he has changed a little this year as far as, like, halftime adjustments, and he actually held on to the lead this time, even if it went down to the last minute. But it's not enough. He's obviously improving a little bit, but... I mean, yeah, it'll get better. I mean, there's so... There's so much that you can do with the coach, but you are able to overcome a bad coach in certain cases, and I think this is one of them. I mean, he's not—he's obviously not Hugh Jackson where he's making idiot calls, but he's just making a bunch of little mistakes that kind of pile up, and those can be fixable. So there is hope. Not much of it, but there's some hope. Yeah, he has the coachability to at least give us a playoff win, because I've, maybe not this year, but obviously... The way we're playing this year, I, he won't get fired. And we have a lot of young talent developing. So I, we're going to have the talent to win a playoff game under him in the coming years. Yeah, I agree. But, um, yeah, with that, uh, that, that wraps up our episode to, for today. Uh, come back and listen next week. Uh, we'll probably come out with that either Sunday night or Monday night. Um, but who day? Who day? Thank you guys for listening.